This is Bill After from OneWrestling.com, hey, and I listen to the Ford Wrestling Fan. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Sundays, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Board Wrestling Fan Radio, and we're attempting to get people on the call. <laughs> I, I've got uh, I've got G, I've got Coaster, and I've got most of JT. Yeah, throat, the throat's not working this week. Sorry, no no impersonations. Well, I think I think the other guys on the show they're just uh, walking outside the ring to laying things. So <laughs> that's, that's how we do. One of them all walked down the entry ramp and forced a distraction finish. <laughs> <laughs> And and then they'll show up on Monday, the next next episode, and, and they look awful. I forget that they're prize fighters, and uh, yeah. And it looks like we've got Drow Goddess via her cell phone. Hello, does it work? Yeah, you sound great. Arrow. Sweet. <laughs> uh, and, Alrighty, then. and in about thirteen minutes, we're gonna have Michael Kingston. He is the uh, author and creator of the Headlocked series of comics. And he's working on a new Ooh. Kickstarter campaign right now, and that is for kicks uh, for excuse me headlocked the hard way, the next chapter in the gritty gritty coming of age wrestling drama, with exclusive stories by Ric Flair, Mick Foley, Cody Rhodes, and Kenny Omega, and uh, we'll definitely get into that a little bit more with him. Awesome. JT is not feeling well, but how's everybody else? Oh, I'm on spring break. I'm amazing. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could be on spring break. <laughs> He's trying. Yeah, well, it, w- <laughs> it would necessitate being either a student or a teacher, neither of which you really want to do right now. Okay. <laughs> no spring break here, yo. It's, it's still winter. And uh, spring break is two weeks. Scheduling, scheduling. But you guys also have summer earlier. We don't actually have a summer. Well, there's five hours. Five hours in July, and then that's it. <laughs> uh, in Texas, it's summer ten months out of the year. So we have an abundance of summer, should anyone feel they want some. Well, I think we can negotiate a trade. Let me call the San Jose Sharks up here one second. <laughs> <sighs> well, we had your prime minister down here. All these people from my work wanted to skip and go try to follow him around and stuff. I'm like, y'all are sad. <laughs> it was funny, though. That's it's because you guys probably have a few fans of his. He's, he is considered rather attractive by many. Yeah, th- there were several of my work colleagues that were just, oh, my God, I need to go. And I'm like, uh, yeah, like you're going to talk to him. Uh, the <laughs> but... thirst is real. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But hey, look at what we normally have. Can you blame them? No. Not even a little bit. Hey, look, Noise is here. Yeah. <laughs> got the whole gang. Everybody everybody bothered to show up to work today. <laughs> Except for like half of yeah. JT. <laughs> I'm not even, even supposed even, to be here today. Even though those of us with no, no voice. What time is it for you guys right now? Uh, oh, the, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, wait, wait, it was spring ahead. It was yeah, spring ahead. That's, noise. Yeah, that, in my defense, the clock's changed, and the internet tells me it's one o'clock for you right now. That's well, it's right. one o'clock for me right now. Okay. Yeah, it's Vader time here. 
It's 12 noon-ish. That's right. The clock's changed. That's what confused noise. We, we got to remember when the clock's change, we have to let him know because... Well, I always I always get confused because I think I thought it happened tonight, but it happened like this morning. Yeah, it happened this morning. No wonder I was so tired when I woke up. I woke up this morning and I'm like I'm like, okay, what time is it? And what time would it have been if the clocks didn't change? Just trying to wrap my head around this, like I I don't know. My, sub- subtract by one, dude. You can handle this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if I was supposed to subtract or add out of. <laughs> Well, my my one my one clock did um jumped ahead two days on Thursday, so <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I gotta remember. I don't, I gotta, you know, at least in my my other ones just did it automatically. So yeah, when I punched out at work the other day, the clock had already changed. <laughs> it's like I better be getting paid the full eight. <laughs> I was here, <laughs> didn't change during my shift. <laughs> So I got a, speaking of adding, I got a message before we came on the air. It was from my ex's brother. He says, hey, dude, do you want a cat? Yes, always. (laughs) You've already got 20. It's it's like, uh, (laughs) dude, I've already got seven cats. No more cats. No. Seven cats? Yes, I have seven cats. That's awesome. Yeah, I sounds have like, like a buffet for G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, do you do you want another? Do you want a cat? Like, you lived here briefly. You know how many damn cats I have. No, I don't want any more cats. Uh, what's one more? <laughs> you can I do mean, this. Plus one. <laughs> Come on, eight is not enough, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I already got this one girl making fun of me because of how many cats I've got. <laughs> Well, it's just fucking cat. seven cats. I know. It kind of goes with the territory, dude. She was. Uh, she sent me a message. And she says, I, "I found your. I found your old car. I found a picture of your old car." Oh, shit, my cat just showed up. <laughs> she said, "I found a picture of your old car," and then she sends me this picture of this like van with the you know those like stick figures on the back, but it's like a one person and like twenty cats. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, no. My no. favorite of those is. Um, it's really dark, but it's a cop with a woman, ask, and the woman's asking if her son's okay. So the cop just pulls off a sticker and says, "You won't be needing that anymore," because <laughs> one of the kids died. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> oh, that's dark. Yeah, <laughs> that's our kind of humor around here. That's <laughs> well, fine. I'm a very dark humor person. Yeah. <laughs> if like... someone dies, I'm gonna laugh at it. <laughs> it's like no yeah, I barely want but it's, well. it's like no I barely want the seven I have now you, <laughs> you crazy <laughs> won't get rid of them because they're like family but you know like the fuck I don't need any more goddamn cats <laughs> Joe has more friends than, Joe has more cats than friends <laughs> not true <laughs> Well, you only have the four of us. <laughs> I say, I think at this point, I think my uh, the number of co-hosts I've had over the past year on the Think So Joe show is uh, outnumbering my cats. <laughs> like, oh, Brian's back this week. No, man, I'm not coming back till next week. Fuck. You could just do a show with all your cats. 
Yeah. <laughs> just get them tiny headsets. It would be like Teddy Hart's plan, but you train yours to talk right. on radio. Yeah. If Teddy Hart can wrestle cats, Joe can have them on the radio. <laughs> like, oh, Brian's Joe could probably avoid getting arrested, unlike Teddy Hart, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, even JT's guested on my show, my other yep. show. <laughs> the highest rated show known to man. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I wanted to do it, but that was the week JT did. Well, he, he was je- he was jealous. That's why he hasn't had me back. The ratings were so high. Everybody wants me back. That's why he hasn't had me back. I, that was probably the most. Raven fan was listening with her 15,000 alt accounts. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Was was we got the highest number of tweets that night because JT was on and, and Laura kept <laughs> tweeting him. <laughs> and then JT decided to start his own show, and thus began the Wednesday Night Wars. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all right. I'll turn things around when I get Mike Tyson on my show. I'm going to eat his children. He can just bring in Tito Ortiz and not say who it is. Um, <laughs> August 1st, warning. <laughs> yeah. He can get the kiss demon. <laughs> yeah. What is Del Tobo going to do these days? Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, WCW. And TNA. Oh, wait, that doesn't exist anymore. Impact. <laughs> Impact Wrestling. TNA doesn't Hashtag exist. fuck that owl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, TNA. That's, really, that's way funnier than it probably should have been, but yeah. that, that's the best <laughs> takeaway from the whole thing. Yeah. What oh, casino uh, I, did I don't that logo this. from? Dale Torborg did actually appear on Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Several times. <laughs> yeah, that happened. That's true. Yeah. All right. Silence. (laughs) Part of the course. I thought I was supposed to fuck this owl. My bad. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that how you get into Hogwarts? (laughs) I've held an owl. They're pretty soft and light. It it would be quite easy. (laughs) Okay, then. I'm giving it a hoot, buddy. (laughs) All right. So... G's trying to fuck an owl, and Noyce knows what it's like to fuck an owl, trying. I guess. <laughs> what do you mean, trying? Okay, you're succeeding. That's I why you're, that's why you're so quiet today. Yeah, I win. <laughs> I love how their necks like, totally rotate, like 360. It's pretty sexy. <laughs> it, it's pretty good it to convenient. be able to fuck something from behind and have it look at you at the same time. I know, right? <laughs> good times. <laughs> What's really sad is that these are the same kinds of conversations that happen in my fifth period advanced class, and I do nothing to stop them. <laughs> so uh, we're like we as smart children. as twelve-year-olds. Do what? We're like as mature as twelve-year-olds. Oh no, I teach high school, so mine are like fourteen to eighteen. So <laughs> yeah, I've been like a huge difference, I know, but still. <laughs> I don't think my sense of humor evolved much past 14. Mm. <laughs> nah. I think I grew out of some of the stuff that I was into at 14, but like, 
For the most part, no. Yeah, same humor. <laughs> if you want to test just how much your sense of humor has grown, just watch Ready to Rumble. <laughs> which which I do regularly. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the best movie ever. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> When, when Joe's not watching the John Cena experience. <laughs> my kid, my kid comes, my kid comes over here uh, to my, it comes to the studio door, knocks on the door last night at, uh, at like 10 to eight. She says, 10 minute warning. I said, for what? She said, the kid's choice awards. I said, oh, oh okay. <laughs> so she goes back to the living room and at eight o'clock she texts me and she says, the kid's choice awards are on. I'm like, okay, look, I get enough John Cena on Tuesday nights. You enjoy the show. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to watch John Cena on the Kid Choice Awards. You can't One, I don't, I don't know, like, I, I, I wouldn't know, like, who any of these people are that are winning the awards or presenting or anything like that. So, and two, I don't want to see John Cena for another goddamn two hours a week. No. <laughs> It's enough of that. All right, let's see if I can figure out how to add a phone call to this call, because this is a struggle every time we have a guest. Let's try this. Nope, wrong number. That was Jericho's number. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't picking up. Uh, Because we're all on the list. (laughs) I'm actually on the list. (laughs) Well, oh, Buffalo. Yeah, posted Buffalo that. is on the list. Yeah, much like you've won a Slammy, you're on the list of Jericho. Damn right, I'm, I'm a Slammy winner and on the list of Jericho. <laughs> All right, let's see if we could get uh, Michael Kingston of uh, Headlocked on the line here. Let's, so uh... now I guess you're on the list, what, how many times? Like six or seven? Yeah. <laughs> no. She's put the whole TV audience on the list a couple times. Yeah, that's true. Oh, shit, I'm on the list. Then. Yeah, we're all stupid idiots, although Joe decided to try to correct that, but I, I don't buy it. I've listened to this show. We're definitely stupid Hello. idiots. <laughs> Hello. Hello. It didn't ring at all yeah. on, your, on our end. <laughs> Michael Kingston, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing? Not bad yourself. Hey. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on again, you know. I don't get, I don't get asked back most places. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got an in with Cassidy, and Cassidy's got an in with us, so we're good. <laughs> sure. Uh, a lot more people on the call this time with us. We got uh, G's here and JT were here with me the last time. We've got Noise, we've got Coaster, and we've got Drow Goddess all on the line here. And uh, for those that don't know, Michael Kingston, he is the creator and writer of the Headlocked comic series and is now uh, uh, trying to get a Kickstarter. Uh, well, he's got the Kickstarter going uh, for Headlocked the Hard Way, which is the next chapter in the gritty coming-of-age wrestling drama with exclusive stories by Ric Flair, Mick Foley, Cody Rhodes, and Kenny Omega with a cover by Jerry Lawler. Yeah, that uh, kind of sums it up. It's, 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 it's right there on your Kickstarter. It was easy enough. <laughs> you're actually doing, you're doing well here. You've got $13,656 from 240 backers with 50 days left to go. You're trying to get to $20,000. Yeah, I've been really happy with the with the way it's gone so far. You know, we we got off to a big jump. Um, yeah, I feel like this is probably the biggest lineup I'm ever gonna have. I mean, I've got a lot of good sized names that still want to contribute, but I mean, you know, there's only one Ric Flair. Yeah, you know, and for sure, 
you know, Mick Foley. I mean, that's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty hot lineup. So I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to get everybody, you know, this to be my, uh, you know, try to break it and get the, the most people sort of to see what we're doing. I was listening to our uh, previous interview. First of all, uh, Christopher Daniels has been a huge help for you, and he is now the Ring of Honor world champion. That happened just the other night, so I'm sure you're proud of him. Yeah, it was a it was such a. I mean, I was watching it here in, in the studio. I was working on my scripts, and uh, yeah, it was, it was getting pretty emotional. You know, Chris is a is a real good dude. Uh, He's done so many things for so many people. I mean, he's done so many things for me personally, but uh, he's done so many things for so many people. Just a selfless guy and a, and a good human. And it was really good to see him get to have that moment. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, for that night, that's one of the things, I guess, is being friends with a lot of guys now is that wrestling is kind of real for you again. Right. You know, like you're happy for these guys. Right, exactly. Uh, you, you did lose some influences since the last time we've talked to you, uh, ultimate warrior being one of them. Uh, and, uh, the, the guy that got you hooked on pro wrestling, we just lost George, the animal steel. Yeah, that was a tough one too. You know, uh, I mean, not only did George get me, you know, George the animal steel was sort of my inf- influence to, to start watching wrestling, but he actually got my grandmother into wrestling and then we used to go to the matches together and. You know, I got to meet him a few times, and it was, uh, that was a that was a very unpleasant, you know, it was a tough day. Yeah. And then Ultimate Warrior, we we were actually talking about doing a cover for the book. Um, he he paints, or he painted, I guess. He used to paint with a palette knife, and he's done some really amazing work. And we were going to get him to do a cover for the book. We had a couple conversations, and uh, obviously that will, not, that will not work out now. No. Um, you know, and that was a shame, because that was so totally unexpected. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was just on Raw 24 hours prior, almost almost delivering his own eulogy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely even more eerier now that, you know, I mean, after the fact. But, uh, you know, I mean, at least he got to have his moment and, you know, for, you know, what he accomplished in wrestling in a, you know, fairly short period of time, I guess, when you consider wrestling careers. Right. Um, you know, it was good that he got to to not go out, you know, disgraced or whatever, buried by the the people that are writing the history books these days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last time we had you on, we were talking about Headlocked, The Last Territory, Volume 2, uh, which uh, you had just, at, on that day we interviewed you, uh, hit your Kickstarter goal on. How did uh, how did that go? How did the sales go? Uh, that was great. Great. We, uh, it, was, it was definitely our biggest book. Um, we like the last year we kind of sort of turned a corner i think in terms of uh brand recognition and sales and getting people to understand you know just what we are who we are what we're about um you know part of that has stemmed from you know my what we've been doing at conventions to try to sort of elevate the fan experience for wrestling fans um and then some of it is just you know people like what we're doing and you know, the people that jump on stay on, and then we, you know, try to grab a few new people as we uh, roll along. Excellent. And now, this is a incredible lineup of people you've actually got contributing to the uh, the new one here. The, 
with with Ric Flair and Mick Foley, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega. How did all of this come about? Uh, I just, you know, I get around. <laughs> I guess so. um, you know, I mean, some of it, like, I've been able to, you know, build relationships with these guys because, you know, one of the, it's kind of funny how big Comic-Cons have grown and, like, you know, as the sort of geek culture grows, like, wrestlers are sort of getting pushed out of it, you know, and it's funny because for a long time they were sort of the the main draws for a lot of Comic-Cons and, uh, you know, so now, you know, there's, there's Daredevil and there's Luke Cage and, you know, every time Marvel releases a Netflix movie, there's 10 more people that you can stick up on, you know, stick in the celebrity section and, you know, every time Doctor Who adds another doctor, you know, it's just, so it, it gets tougher and tougher for wrestlers to have a place at Comic-Con. And I guess the whole point of me starting Headlocked was, uh, was just because I felt like comics never did wrestling the right way. And, so, you know, I wanted to do wrestling the right way. And so now I've kind of expanded that to conventions as well. I mean, some of the smaller conventions obviously will still host wrestling or host wrestlers, but like, you know, the bigger ones like San Diego, New York, uh, Emerald City and Seattle, like the biggest shows, they, they're going to sell out anyway and they don't necessarily need, you know, wrestlers. So, right. you know, I have these, I get these big spaces, we bring a bunch of wrestlers in and. You know, we've been doing it in San Diego for years, trying to, you know, have a really cool experience for wrestling fans. Um, you know, because when you're the place that wrestlers are, that's the place that other wrestlers go. So, you know, just randomly people show up at our at our tables. And, you know, sometimes they're just there as a fan. I mean, Zack Ryder's, you know, wandered up to our table, you know, every year for the past couple of years at <laughs> New York Comic Con. Sting showed up last year. He was oh, nice. there doing something for Nickelodeon and then. You know, just on our own, we had Flair and Foley and Lawler and Christian and Joey Styles and uh, Noel Foley. And, you know, it was a pretty heavy lineup of people. And, you know, we had crazy lines and, you know, we were <laughs> jamming up our little corner of the corner of the exhibit, of the exhibit hall. But it was uh, it was good. You know, it's good to, for wrestling fans to have a place to go to to feel like they're welcomed and not to be just sort of sold to, you know, like, Hey, we've got these licensed comics that we're, you know, trying to make a buck off of somebody right. else or whatever. So, you know, I think that's really helped, you know, me build a lot of relationships with a lot of guys, you know, that's how I built a relationship with Rick and, and Nick Foley um, and make it read my stuff. And I liked it, you know, for a long time ago, but this sort of gives us the time to spend together where we can sort of hash out stories and whatever. Um, and then, uh, Cody, somebody I wanted to work with, like the minute I, I saw that he was going to ask for his release, he was like top of my list. Cause you like to get the big comic book guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, like 10 minutes after I met him, he was like, Oh, I totally want to do something for this. So, I mean, it was, that was quick. Um, and then Kenny, I met through the Bucks. um, and backstage at a couple shows that he was at and he got to see what we were doing and he was, uh, he was down, you know, he's a creative guy and I think he likes the opportunity to, you know, push that, uh, push that creativity yeah. into any medium he can. So we've been really lucky. I mean, it's a real murderer's row. And then we've got tugboat is drawing for the book and Wednesday Dorado as well. So it's, uh, it's a real, it's a real murderer's row, I think. Yeah. Uh, definitely. 
How much of this is uh, is you going up to guys like, hi, I'm Michael, here's my business card, this is what I do, and how much of it is, hey, I've heard of you, can we do something together? Uh, it's 50-50, I think. Um, the guys that like comics definitely know uh, what I'm doing, and, you know, I mean, a lot of guys, I mean, that's how it all started, was when I was selling books, I mean, pre-Lawler, and pre, you know, it was just, Headlock was just a comic that nobody was attached to, you know. Like Hurricane bought a book for me, and Rob Van Dam bought a book for me, and Christopher Daniels bought a book for me, and you know these guys are all like, "Hey, let's, you know, if I can ever, do, you know, if I can ever help you, if there's anything I can ever do." And then, you know, Ken Anderson, like the first thing he ever said to me was like, "Hey, can I do a cover for you?" And you know, so it's, you know, it's a little of that, and it's a little, uh, it's a little of me floating ideas behind guys, you know, like. You know, I had talked to Mick about it, and then I was like, you know, we could do a, uh, you know, I said we could do a Christmas story, and then that really got him kind of, you know, his wheels turning, and he's like, yeah, let's do something like, you know, let's do that. So, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a little of both. You know, obviously, it's as uh, as we grow, I think uh, more people know who we are and what we're doing. Cool, man. I know JT bought, uh, he, he contributed to you last time on air. He's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> so, yeah. did you read the comic? Did you like the comic? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> he's not feeling well, so. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> little, I just kind of put little, him on the spot, too. <laughs> yeah. A little no voice this week, sorry. <laughs> so has Jeez. it been? Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> So has it been getting easier for you to kind of get your get your comic get your product out there and get it into like stores and things like that? Because I know you were kind of struggling with that the last time. It's easier, but definitely not easy. Um, you know, bigger stores have started to reach out. Um, you know, we're in Midtown Comics, we're in Meltdown in Los Angeles. Uh, we've got some books going out to Seattle this month. Uh, you know, so there's definitely. Uh, it's definitely picking up. Um, I'll probably at some point start a start a diamond uh, account to try to to try to help that along. But for the most part, right now, I mean, obviously, you know, if I can get people to put put their stuff in my store, you know, without a middleman, it's obviously it's more money for both of us. So, you know, um, so that sort of works out a little better. Um, and then like Russell Crate has uh, featured our stuff in there and. Uh, you know, I just I just made a deal for a, a comics crate, so you know those are good large wholesale purchases that get our stuff out into the world, and you know, uh, hopefully help uh, expand our uh, our recognition. Cool, cool. Anybody else have any questions? Well, <laughs> or are you just gonna let me take them all? You can go. You can go. Go for it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I gotta oh, come up with more man. questions. <laughs> Wait, I I thought I think Noise has something. Yeah, you mentioned that a, a few guys have read it. Have you heard anything from people other than that, and maybe some that you didn't expect to be comic fans, like just any wrestlers who have approached you and said they've read it, and you're like, I didn't even realize you would have read read this. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes its way around. Um, you know, I know for a while it was getting passed around in Japan. Uh, I think uh, you know, Fale is a good. Uh, good friend of my artist and you know the box hag copies and you know so i know it was making its way through like the american workers in japan um you know i would get 
occasional message from people They're like, Oh, Hey, I checked this out. It was really cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing that always surprises me more than anything else is the guys that have art skills. I think like, it's a shock to me that, you know, you, you I was really Fred surprised as an artist. Tugboat did some art. I was like, Tugboat did art. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, like that's, there's, there's always that name that kind of shocks you. Like you wouldn't think of Ken Anderson as a guy that's got any kind of art skills no. or, you wouldn't think of, uh, you know, just, you know, some of them, like it just, and now it's one of those things where, I mean, obviously I'm the only guy that's looking for wrestlers that do art. So people, people actually come and find me. Um, the one that kind of, uh, escaped me, which is kind of funny. And he's doing a pinup in this book. His name is Andy Belanger and he's an artist for image comics, Southern cross. And I know, I knew him as an artist, but I had no idea. He was also an indie wrestler for IWS. <laughs> so, uh, He's, he's doing a pinup in this book as well. Um, and then we also have uh, Ed McGinnis and uh, Robbie Rodriguez, who are pretty big comic artists. Uh, Ed was uh, one of the main forces behind Deadpool's original uh, original uh, ongoing series. And uh, Robbie is uh, one of the co-creators of Spider-Gwen, and, which is very popular. So it's... Uh, it's really cool to to be able to have uh, you know people uh, come up and see your uh, or whatever know about your stuff. So I, I was told through through a back channel that Vince McMahon has read some of it. So I don't know how true that is, you know. And and if he did, it was probably scouring for trademark infringement. But um, you know, that's, I think you'd have heard a decent desist letter by now if he'd read it. Yeah, you know, you're always you're always waiting for him. I mean, you know, we did have uh, we did have a, a little minor skirmish with Lucha Underground. They they apparently objected to to me having Pentagon and Phoenix at my table at San Diego Comic Con. Um, but you know, that's a an odd one because they're kind of dicks, I guess. We've actually been kind of covering the the AAA trademark thing with pentagon and uh, and phoenix and it's just how ridiculous that whole situation it's just, is it's just crazy because i mean they have so much goodwill with wrestling fans because of the product they produce and it's kind of funny because everybody wants to pass the heat on to triple a but it's really just lucha underground that's doing it it's not triple a and they you know i mean i watched it at san diego i watched them how they bullied pentagon and phoenix into not showing up for an appearance that another promoter had paid for um, and were given assurances by AAA that they would have, you know, they would be okay. And then they, they took Pentagon and did a free signing with him when we were obviously trying to get the guy some money. Right. And, you know, while they, he was essentially on the promoter's dime, the other promoter, the indie promoter in San Diego. So it was kind of a, a shitty circumstance. And then you see the, you know, the thing where they had to made TNA blurt out, blur out Marty Elias and yeah. they just come off as really petty. And I mean, it, it honestly, anyway, I mean, they don't have another season booked and a lot of guys are trying to get out of their contracts and it's, you know, it, it does feel like it's kind of falling apart. So and it's a shame because it's, it's probably my favorite thing I've seen in wrestling. And I was very excited to help promote them. And then they were just total, just kind of jerks about it. Actually, the last time we talked to you, I think, was the week Lucha Underground premiered, and uh, and we were talking about it a little bit. But yeah, it's uh, 
Uh, it also seems like El Rey just doesn't know what they want to do with Lucha Underground. Uh, it seems like they're trying to maybe change the way that they uh, look at original programming. And uh, who knows, like, where, who knows where, if anywhere, it'll end up. Or, I mean, it was a great alternative to WWE, and now we don't know what's going on with it. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a shame, and I think that you know, I think that honestly, I think the thing that that really did them in was right from the beginning. I said, you know, when when season two started, and there wasn't a legal way to watch season one, like they, I think they shot themselves in the foot. I mean. I was watching it and then I would have people message me and be like, Oh, Hey, is there a legal way that I can watch episodes of Lucha Underground? And there wasn't. So, right. You know, I think pretty much everybody watched it on daily motion. Um, <laughs> and, you know, to start to be halfway through season two before you, before you're on iTunes, I think is, is inexcusable. Um, I mean, they did the, the 30 minute highlight package on YouTube and whatever. And that's, that's something, but it's definitely not, gonna hook everybody i mean they they left a lot of money on the table with that so yeah it's uh it's a shame because they could have done something really cool i mean they have done something really cool and they gave you know some guys some opportunities but i mean i know most of the town is really frustrated and and uh it's a it's a tough uh it's a tough deal for them I wouldn't watch live, uh, like during season three i wouldn't watch live i would watch it uh, later on that night or early in the morning on demand and just a couple of weeks prior to this uh, hiatus they've been on, or, or whatever you want to call it, uh, they stopped putting the on-demand versions up. So it's like, now I can't even legally watch the current season, let alone the previous seasons. So it's it's gotten kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's a shame. Like I said, you know, they... It's really... I mean, the high cost of entry into the wrestling game is... Uh, you know, I mean, it pretty much keeps everybody out of it. I mean, if you're not, if you don't have a good time slot on a good network, yeah, people aren't going to watch you. And I mean, what that costs, you know, what I mean, just to start up is, is astronomical. So I think it just keeps people, it keeps people out of the game. And then it just leads to, you know, it's a stagnation of the art form because, you know, it's just the WWE style. And well, to a certain extent, that's, expanded a little bit over uh, over the last couple of years right it's still you know it's still a different it's still just a different animal and it's kind of a shame for wrestling fans to you know to not have uh to not have more alternatives so i mean and it's it's one of those things where people people aren't going to support small companies as much as you wanted to i mean it's for me, as a guy who produces independent content, to listen to wrestling fans scream about, you know, the whole Divas Revolution and there's no women's wrestling and whatever, when, I mean, Shimmer exists. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, if you're Dave Prezak, I don't even know what you'd do with that. Like, how do you even fight that? How do you even fight that uh, mentality? Or, you know, people are like, oh, you know, Samoa Joe's been my favorite wrestler for 10 years, but. I'd rather not buy any ROH DVDs or TNA pay-per-views. I'll just I'll just bitch about Raw for for ten years until he shows up. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and that's the mentality. And it's you know that's unfortunate. Like I don't know, like if you're Dave Prezak, like what more could you have done? I mean, you 
you basically filled a niche that people were demanding and people were like, well, no, I'll just wait until it's, until it's here. So, I mean, that type of brand dominance is, is really hard to combat. So I went to, uh, went to the raw house show the other night and they, and they had a, they had a women's title match booked and they had a women's tag team match. And I said, do they even have six women on the raw roster? Turns out they do. Alicia Fox was in the match. <laughs> Forgot she even wrestled. Right. I just thought she did backstage segments with Noam Dar. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive when you think about it. She's uh, she's got a long tenure there. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody ever would have thought that about her. You know that she would have lasted that long, which you know, I mean, maybe she hasn't always been prominent, but I mean, she's she's had a job, you know, for yeah. a fairly long time. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I get exactly what you're saying about people are... I mean, WWE is king when it comes to professional wrestling in the United States. And that's... And it's going to take a lot for somebody to come along and challenge that. And... Well, not only that, but now, I mean, they're starting to step into other countries and... Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they seem legitimately upset when anybody else makes a dollar on wrestling. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. They take it personally. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, now they've got the UK thing, which is great for those guys. I'm friends with a number of the guys on the, on the, on the roster and I'm really happy for those guys to have that opportunity. But at the same time, you know, they're now they're, they're sort of blocking, you know, running against other companies and whatever, doing their old sort of 80s tricks and the stuff that they were doing when they first started with NXT where they were trying to, you know, run the same days as other companies. And, you know, I'm sure there's probably phone calls being made to try to block people from using buildings and whatnot. So it's, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that they feel like they have to do that sort of, do that sort of business, but yeah, there there were stories yeah, coming out I about guess. them doing that uh, a couple of years ago at WrestleMania weekend. Like, no, nobody in this vicinity, you know, they were calling all the venues around, you know, wherever, the, whatever city they were in for that year. And they were saying, no, you know, don't book any wrestling there. Don't book any wrestling there. And, you know, ROH already had their building, luckily, <laughs> you know, but uh, they, they don't make it say easy. I have less of a, I have less of a problem with that. I mean, it still sucks for wrestling fans, but I do understand that people are coming to town for WrestleMania and people are drafting off of that. And I, that I, I, right. I don't agree with it, but I get it. But just, I mean, when NXT, when they first decided to go hard against uh, Ring of Honor and they signed Nakamura as a, as a, you know, sort of response, and you know, then they started, uh, or they, when they first brought in Liger as like a, you know, response to Nakamura and started and ran against. Uh, Ring of Honor running through SummerSlam. Right. They were calling buildings and offering NXT as like an exclusive, you know, if they would sign an exclusive contract, basically saying, oh, you've got this company that does this, but, you know, we've got the WWE version of that. And, you know, yeah, just, you know, sign this exclusive contract and whatever. So, and... And what are you going to do uh, if you're one of these buildings? Like, oh, we could get WWE or we could get Ring of Honor. Gee, which one's going to make us more money, <laughs> you know? Which one's a bigger name? Which well, one's? Draw, gonna... I mean, they draw about the same. It's not like NXT yeah. is selling out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think that they're they're wildly different as a draw. And I mean, honestly, I think Ring, Ring of Honor probably runs buildings more often. I mean, NXT comes to. I live in Albany, New York, and NXT comes here once a year in February <laughs> every year. 
Yeah, we haven't and even got it. I mean, it's a one. Uh, I'm not far from you, man. I'm in Buffalo, and we haven't gotten NXT here. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's the that's the game, you know. I think yeah. that. Uh, ah. I'm in I'm in Syracuse. We're never going to get NXT here. Yeah, we're, st- we're stuck smack <laughs> in the And coasters and I'm all. Still, I'm still just I'm still just hoping 2CW comes back. So, <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. What did I say? I just had a I just did an interview the other day with Ben Hameen on WrestleZone, and uh, we were talking about the the magic that was 2CW, and that's really how I got to. That's really where the the deal to get Kenny Omega on my. Uh, on my book happened was at their last show. I was backstage with them and the bucks actually, uh, throwing little, uh, suggestions in for their, their match, which was kind of wild. Um, and that's where we got to know each other and, and, uh, got a chance to sort of make him a pitch to being headlocked and he was down with it. So that was, uh, I definitely missed the, uh, the magic of two CW. Didn't two CW tease that they were going to do a reunion show if something or yes. other happened, and it just never happened? Yeah. Yes. Well, they did, and the the, the owner uh, had a a pretty serious health scare, and oh, okay. he's been dealing with that. All so right. they didn't want to run a, a half-ass reunion show. They, you know, I mean, I think it'll happen eventually, but they're just waiting for for Josh to get his legs back under him. So right, okay. But uh, yeah, it was a. It was gonna be. There was gonna be a show. I mean, we were all excited for it, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think it'll still happen. I think it's just postponed. I think a lot of the guys in the company are, you know, have the juices flowing and they really want to see it come back. It's not like there's really been anybody to, to step in and fill that void. So, you know, it'd be uh, it'd be nice to have them come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the thing. It's, it's so hard to get people to independent things, I think, in, in a lot of cases, compared to... Hey, I'm a, I'm a guy that produces an independent wrestling comic. I, I feel you, man. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I get people that will come to my table and be like, oh, are the WWE guys in this? And they're like, well, you know, Samoa Joe wrote a story for it. You know, AJ Styles wrote a story for it. And like, it doesn't have them in it. I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so... <laughs> We're fond of references on this show, and that reminded me of the Halloween special where Willie's like, do you want to get sued? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to put trademarked characters in this comic and get your ass sued. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely the, the brand awareness. I mean, I think everybody likes to think in their head that they like original content and... I think they like to think that, uh, you know, they like to believe that about themselves. But right. I mean, then they're, they're plunking down money for the next, you know, Ninja Turtles reboot or whatever <laughs> else. So, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I think that's one of those things that where, where people aren't terribly self-aware. I absolutely agree with that. I, I promote, uh, I promote independent like, like local, uh, local bands playing shows around here. And it's hard to get people to venues because, they're like, well, we've never heard of any of these bands. Like, yeah, they live next door to you. <laughs> you know? You've probably heard them practice. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you haven't heard of them because you're like, oh, I, I only want to listen to. to uh, I'm, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna allow JT a joke here. I only want to listen to Nickelback. 
<laughs> right, someone capture the audio and just repeat it forever. <laughs> yeah, so, someone else I mean, that. Think about it though, too. If if, uh, if I mean, if people had supported Ring of Honor back in like 2005, yeah, then you know what I mean. Those guys wouldn't have gone to TNA, whatever. Like, but you could have had Joe and Styles and Punk and Dragon and all those guys in their primes. And, and Punk might still be wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doing the things that you want them to do. And instead, I mean, people would just rather scream about WWE, and it's it's maddening to me. And then, you know, you'll get the guys who be like, well, I like my wrestling with production values. And like, whatever, that's fine, but then don't cry about the fucking work rate. I'm sorry if I just swore. No, you're good. I get mad about that. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. <laughs> I You're mean, good on this show. Like, don't cry about work rate on the production value show. Like, you know, don't go watch Ring of Honor and be like, well, it'd be better if it had pyro. Like, go screw yourself. Like, go watch fireworks then. Like, <laughs> that's that's the stuff that, that frustrates me. Don't don't be like, I want this. And then somebody's like, I've got this. And you're like, oh, no, but I really want that with a sparkler stuck in it. Yeah, that, that, was, <laughs> that was something that frustrated me about TNA because they did have all the high production values. They had high work rate guys, they were putting pretty good stuff, but their pay-per-views would only get like 1,000 buys and you've got all these people bitching and moaning about how they want an alternative but they don't, they just like bitching and moaning about it I honestly think that the hard, the thing that, that killed them was the Hogan thing, the Hogan deal and I understand why you make it because it gets you more eyeballs, but yeah. I mean they were building a name with, you know, I mean, when they had Joe and Styles and Daniels and, like, they're sort of built around the X Division and there was a six-sided ring, it had an identity and it was different. And then they they sort of lost their identity and it just turned into... I remember being at a TNA house show and they had Shark Boy, who was doing a Steve Austin impression, and Jay Lethal, who was doing a, a Randy Savage impression... <laughs> And Petey Williams, who was doing a Scott Steiner impression in a three-way. <laughs> and it just, that sort of, like, identity crisis. I mean, they were different. Every, you know, it just seemed like they kept hitting the reset button. If they had just stuck with what they were doing back in 2005, you know, what, what, what uh, doing what worked for them, I think they would have had, uh, I think they would have had a shot. I mean, mm. I think that they had a real opportunity with Rick, uh, with the Ric Flair, Jay Lethal, yeah. like they had a segment that I felt like was magical and they never followed up on it. And then the, the Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe stuff was a real, like that got people excited. Like that, that opening, the opening, uh, angle to start that feud was like the best possible thing they could have done. I think to make that go, but then, you know, angle won the first match and then you're like, Oh, okay. Like, I guess I don't need to see the second one. And I don't know. They, they fizzled out from there. I just, they've had moments of, of, of brilliance always, but they just never seemed like they could ever keep an identity. And I think once they went to WWE light, it, it, it killed them. Do you feel like this this new uh, rebranding they're trying to do where they're, you know, TNA is dead. This is Impact Wrestling. Uh, you know, we're not ever going to use the letters TNA ever again. Do you think this rebranding is is going to 
help at all, or do they still have the stench of TNA? I mean, yes, I, I mean, I think they're always going to have that. And I think that what they're doing right now with the Hardys is, you know, Lucha Underground-esque, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to burn what goodwill they have left. For sure. With wrestling fans. And it's, it's tough because, I, I mean... The other, the, the some of the new talent at the tapings, I was excited to see. Uh, you know, there's some some real good talent that they brought in. Some young talent that hasn't really gotten a shot. Um, I mean, I was excited to see them reform LAX, which is cool. Um, I like EYFBO a lot, and it was cool to see them get a get a shot there. Um, I think Kevin Matthews has probably been an underutilized talent, um, but he had burned all his bridges in developmental, so. You know, I, I mean, it was cool to see some of those guys get a shot, but at the end of the day, I I don't I don't know if they'll ever be able to shake the to shake the the failures and the all the the goodwill that they've burned from people. Well, they they brought in Alberto Del Rio, so they're not doing very good at shaking off the <laughs> TNA. No, the, I, I, the, I was going to point that out. Is is we have a controversy between Alberto El Patron and Bobby Lashley, who are former WWE talents, former champions in WWE, won the WWE champion, won their ECW champion. If you want to, <laughs> I will get say I there. like it when they bring in underutilized guys like Drew yeah. Galloway. I thought he was great in TNA, and he wasn't mm-hmm. really given too many chances in WWE. EC3. I do like that. I just hate when, when yeah, it's, it's former world champions that have been big <laughs> and burned all their I, bridges I mean, I everywhere will say, else. I will say that I like, I like Bobby Lashley a lot. I don't like him near a microphone. <laughs> I thought when Bobby Bobby Lashley and Crystal Marshall were together, like at the very beginning of the Hogan era, like I thought that was a was a real money act where she was just like out running her mouth and he was just standing there and like that was a I thought that was a real excellent heel act, but it didn't last very long. And then uh and I think I think Del Rio's been very underutilized. And I I mean but I get that he also comes with a set of baggage as well. But I think as a as a good-looking bilingual guy who's both a legit fighter and a talented wrestler, like I mean, I think that they really probably didn't do as well with him as they could have done with him in WWE. So, I mean, I do think that there's there might be some money left on the table with him. I just don't know if he's I don't know if he can live up to it. You know. Uh, personally. Alright. So now, uh, we're, we're almost out of time here, but let's, uh, if you want to talk about, uh, talk about the Kickstarter, what people can get for the Kickstarter, uh, and, uh, kind of just promote it a little bit, get, uh, get the word out there about Headlocked, the, uh, the hard way. So, um, you know, one of the things that we do, I think, that I think is cool about the Kickstarters is that, you know, it's the lifeblood of our fran- of our franchise. Like, you know, we were turned down by everybody in comics. And, you know, Kickstarter, to me, has proven that, you know, they were wrong. And that's fine. You know, and I'm happy. I think ultimately getting turned down in comics has made us a stronger franchise. You know, I mean, I think if, you know, maybe eight years ago, if somebody had picked us up, we would have been in comic stores and then we would have been gone and Headlock would have just disappeared, you know, but I think all the, 
the people that sort of turned us down or the people that laughed at us or whatever, like had helped, helped us build a more sustainable and stronger brand and helped us find a way, you know, to circumvent the entire industry. So, uh, to that end though, we give all the best content to the Kickstarter backers. So like if you book, if you, you know, if you buy the book from me on my web store, if you buy it from me at a comic con, like you'll get five chapters of headlock, Jerry Lawler cover, very cool book. But if you get it through Kickstarter, then you get all of the wrestling, um, the wrestling content extra. So, you know, like if you, if you buy the headlock the hard way from me at a comic con, you're not going to get the Ric Flair story or the Kenny Omega story or the Foley story. Um, that's only for the Kickstarter backers because we're trying to, we're giving all our coolest stuff to the people who help us when we need it the most and help us the, the way that benefits us the best. So I think that, you know, and then even though we're kickstarting this fourth version, if you, you can buy all of the older books through Kickstarter as well, and you get the Kickstarter versions of those too. So there's, you know, we've had so many different people contribute, like I said before, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and MVP, and the Young Bucks, and Rob Van Dam, and, you know, now the lineup we've got for this book. Um, you know, I, I, I did a Emerald City Comic Con with Ric Flair last weekend, and we sat down and we hashed out our story for uh for the book and i think it's uh i think it's going to be good i'm really happy with it and it's not what you'd expect from a rick flair story um and then uh like i said mick and i we're doing a christmas story that's uh that's really fun um it's a that's a wrestling christmas story which is kind of neat um so and i haven't uh we haven't done uh cody and kenny's yet we haven't worked those out but uh I mean, they're on board, so... But I think the the Mick and the Flair stories are both excellent, and uh, I'm really excited to see those come to life. Absolutely. Anybody uh, with any other questions for our guest? Uh, no question, but I, I'm going to say that, you know, last time I funded you live on air, and I did it again this time, too. <laughs> um, but not, not, not only that, not only that, you got another... Someone else funded you our, our, our friendly little troll laura also funded you on this episode too so you got two you got two backers this episode so wait what maybe i should give up this kickstarter thing <laughs> just start, keep coming start, on here start coming on the show <laughs> you're at thirteen thousand six ninety one as of right now out of a twenty thousand dollar goal with 50 days to go i mean i think you uh, i think it's safe to say you got this <laughs> oh no i'm not worried about getting funded i'm just like I said, I, I really want it to be as big as it can be. Um, and then at $15,000, we're going to announce our, our stretch goal uh, contributor. So we have another name oh, okay. that, uh, that's going to contribute to the book. Um, we talked, well, we talked a little bit about them today. And uh, I guess if I'm being sort of coy, I would say that I have zero fear that people are going to be excited <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> when, when we announce it. So, um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so, and I've got other guys after that. So, you know, I just want to make this book as big as I can get it because I've got I've got tons of guys that want to do stories. Like I had Ray Mysterio was going to contribute to this book, and I actually bumped him to the next book just to sort of try to spread out some some of the A-listers. Right. Um, which is a ridiculously cool problem to have, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Christian, I believe, is going to be doing a story for the next book. So, you know. 
I'm, I'm probably going to be doing an anthology soon of just just backup stories with wrestlers because I've got all these guys and I don't I don't have enough book space for them. So oh wow, it's uh, it's really cool and really like you said, good problem to have. <laughs> good problem to have for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely tremendous. And you can uh, you can find Kickstarter.com slash projects slash headlocked comic slash headlocked dash the hard headlocked dash the dash hard dot dash way. That's <laughs> the way they structure no, it. We've got links on our Facebook and our Twitter and everything. Yeah. I mean it's headlocked comic, it's one word. So Don't right. worry, Joe Joe um screws up all up, fucks up a lot. I, a I, week. It's the norm around here. I definitely do. These guys were shocked because I was uh, I was uh, I shared the link to the the uh, Kickstarter in our group chat and they're like, wait a minute, you're doing research. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, I'm listening to the last podcast he was on with us. <laughs> I'm prepared yeah, I'm today. Prepared. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> yeah, I see. I'm improving. I've been yelled at by Je- uh, by Jim Cornette, Diamond Dallas Page, the re- original Doink the Clown, Matt Bourne, and. Uh, you know, a, a lot more people for not being uh, 100% prepared for interviews, so. <laughs> Figured I'd at least try. We... <laughs> no, I, uh, I appreciate that. Um, so we got a lot of cool stuff that you can get a hold of here. You can be drawn into the book. Uh, we got hoodies, we got shirts, we got stuff signed by, we got prints signed by Finn Balor, prints signed by Sasha Banks, and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. We got books signed by like 15 people from Lucha Underground, uh, which I'm sure probably will make them happy. Um, we have a we have a cool print that's signed by everybody from our New York Comic Con, uh, our New York Comic Con table. So Foley, Flair, Noel, um, done uh, in a Justice League style, which is pretty cool. So there's a lot of neat uh, there's a lot of neat stuff out there that uh, people can uh, people can get for. Uh, helping us get this thing out into the world. Excellent. Hey, uh, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time, and uh, we wish you the best of hey, success really going forward. I appreciate you having me. And, uh, and we'll, we'll talk to you, I'm sure, again uh, for the next Kickstarter. Or awesome. anytime you like, Thank man. You just so get much, a hold guys. of us. Yep. Take yeah, care, man. Great to, great to hear from you again. Take care. All right, Michael Kingston. Headlocked comic. Which uh, a lot of great, uh, a lot of great things you could do. One hundred twenty-five bucks to get drawn into the book, by the way, and he's got six of those left out of ten. Mm. <laughs> All right, so uh, break song. Break song. Yeah. Break song. Picked by Just Coaster. Kind of, kind of a kind of a last-minute pick here because I've been sleeping a lot. <laughs> I, I pulled a Joe and woke up right as you guys called. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just picked a band called Amur. Uh The song's called uh, Shinjoku Master Lord. All right. And, and it's pretty brutal. <laughs> and here it is, board wrestling fan.
because I don't If let me ask you one more time You think I don't a fuck Because I don't Move out the way so I can spit my shit You've got A lot of fucking nerve To stand there and judge me But your shit so sick Rise and trash You take a fucking seat Can't listen up, I'll only say this once Cause I'm that OG Guaranteed to get shit started Shut the whole game down, then restarting Break a bitch into look at Steve Hunted No love for the weak or the faint-hearted See me sitting in the cup for the new one You ain't see me in the streets for the do, son No strings on me like Toulon Do you really think I give a fuck? Because I don't Then let me ask you one more time Think I give a fuck Because I don't You got the way so I can spit my shit You think I give a fuck Because I don't Can't let me ask you one more time You think I give a fuck Because I don't You got the way so I can spit my shit station board wrestling fan joe fucked up <laughs> what else is new i'm like i'm like sitting here like oh the song's over time to come back and that's usually my uh you know my sign back in is oh you know this band on you know station <laughs> oh so yeah All right, I know. Uh, I know. Drow wanted to talk about New Japan for a little bit, so let's uh, please take the floor. Uh, okay, um, the New Japan Cup is going on right now, and having watched round one of both brackets, I'm feeling kind of like the beginning of G1 over the summer, where Ghetto just basically gave a huge fuck you to everyone who thought they knew what was going to happen, and you're just like okay, whoa, now what? And it's kind of exciting. It's good to not be right all the time. And I wish more people would look at it that way. There's so many people losing their minds over, I can't believe this didn't happen. Everything sucks. Dude, no, calm down. It's fine. Just think of big picture. Um, The New Japan Cup is 
a single elimination tournament and the winner that they will determine on March 20th gets a title shot at the heavyweight title of his choosing. It can be the heavyweight title, the intercontinental title, or even the never title. And those three champions cannot be part of it. And what was really entertaining about that is that Tetsuya Naito, the IC champ, made a big deal out of trying to be part of the New Japan Cup because he won it last year and they wouldn't let him. And so he's had a lot to say lately about, you know, how can it be great if the three champions aren't even in it? How can it be worth anything if I'm not in it at all? And, you know, he's kind of got a point there. But the New Japan Cup kind of had an identity crisis, if you want to call it that. Um, it wasn't really about push a young up-and-comer, but at the same time, it wasn't just the big dogs either. And it's it's been a lot of things at different points in time. I mean, Hiroki Goto has won it four times. Um, so exactly what it is and what it means in the grand scheme of their shows hasn't always been clear, but this year could change all that. Uh, bracket A, which was last night, had uh, Tanahashi versus Evil, Yuji Nagata versus Tangaroa, Big Mike Elgin versus Bad Luck Fale, and Yano versus Tamatanga. Eh, not that compelling of a list on its own, but um, the show itself was kind of weak. You know, if you don't have a lot of time and you want to see stuff, there's two matches out of the entire three hours to watch. The rest of it can sort of go... Because it's not just the tournament matches. They have a bunch of, you know, six and eight man tags. They've got, you know, several things that build to other matches. Um, one of those matches is one of the matches you should see. It's an eight man tag with most of the members of Los Ingobernables de Japón against Shibata Kushida, Juice Robinson, and uh, who was their fourth one? Um, I'm drawing a blank right now, but that's the, oh yeah, Yoshihashi. Yoshihashi was the fourth one. Um, Sonata was the star of that match. He was in it almost the whole time. He had a fairly lengthy sequence against Shibata. Everybody threw their finishers at him. That match was about him. And so that in itself is kind of a fascinating thing and definitely worth checking out. Out of the four tournament matches, though, um, three of them were kind of lame. And uh, start at the bottom. Um, Yuji Nagata replaced Hanma, who's out with his thankfully not broken neck. He's able to pick things up. He can move his extremities. He's still kind of weak, and he's not allowed to travel, but he may be okay enough to come back. He has said he'll return, but obviously we don't know that yet. But Yuji Nagata took his spot, and he fought Tangaroa of Gorillas of Destiny. Nagata picked up the victory there, which was good, because Tangaroa sucks. Um, I, I was prepared to be more generous with him, because Gorillas of Destiny actually had some really good matches. But putting Tangaroa in a 10-minute match that's one-on-one, -on -one, 
just you can't hide his shortcomings there and i'm sure he's a lovely person in real life but i don't want to watch him anymore um then you had yano versus tamatanga um tangaro is much more talented brother um even he has been better lately than he was but New Japan loves to use Yano as a spoiler, and they did it again here. Yano got the win with, you know, ball shot behind the ref's back and gets the pin. And there's a time and place for this, I guess, but I'm just, I, I'm over Yano as a spoiler. Can we, you know, do it with a junior or something? I don't know, but it, it's just, it's not funny anymore. But Yano got the win there. The surprise of, Bracket A was Bad Luck Fale beating the hell out of Mike Elgin. I mean, that was going to be just a hoss fight with those two. And I don't know what was off about it, but it just, it plotted, it dragged. It wasn't, I mean, two big beefy guys just hammering each other to death can be exciting. And this just wasn't, I don't know why. And both of those guys are good opponents for other people, but they're not good opponents for each other. Like, Bad Luck Fale is a great opponent for Tanahashi. Elgin is a great opponent for Naito. He's been a good opponent for Shibata, but they're just not good together. And Fale got the win. Fale gets trotted out every New Japan Cup and gets to look good, and then they don't do a whole lot with him the rest of the time, except for spoiler in the odd G1 match. Um... Wasn't crazy about that victory. I don't see much of an upside there, but Valet got the win and that's it. You can skip all those matches if you want to. Do not skip the main event. The main event was Tanahashi versus Evil, and oh my god, this match. Evil won, and it wasn't just that he won. It was the story of this match that you guys absolutely have to see. This evil has arrived. This was his coming out party, such as it may be. And you can see in Tanahashi kind of a parallel with Prince Devitt. Remember when Prince Devitt turned heel and formed Bullet Club? Everything that led up to that is very similar to what's going on with Tanahashi. Tanahashi has not won anything in months. And the Wrestle Kingdom loss might have been the thing that really just pushes him over the edge because I don't think he's floundering. I don't think it's accidental. Tanahashi's been the most important guy in this company for 15 years. They're not going to ignore his slide down the card. There has to be a plan for that. And changing his entrance music to something god-awful cannot be an accident. So you're seeing a lot of desperation because Tanahashi was pretty heelish here. He you know, attacks evil before the bell. He used weapons. He used a chair. He grabbed red shoes and threw him down deliberately. You know, Tanahashi's kind of losing it. And if they're taking him on a path toward the, you know, bitter, resentful, can't deal with losing his spot on the card kind of guy, that's going to be some fascinating stuff because he's never been full-blown heel-heel, but he's had definite tendencies. Heel Tanahashi is glorious. And if that's where they're going, I I'm 
all on board with that. So evil gets the win. I'm calling evil to win bracket A. Because now that he's won that, his only competition is Folly, and I think he's got it. So I'm looking for evil to win bracket A and make it to the finals for this. One last thing about him. People are getting super pissed off that evil spit poison mist. Now, I personally love that gimmick. I love it when Bushi does it. I think it's fine when evil does it. But let's put this in context. And I know I wrote this, but it's still true. This is a guy whose name is King of Darkness Evil. His finishing move is called Evil. He comes to the ring in a hooded robe with inverted crosses on it, carrying a giant scythe. Are you really going to spew this vitriolic bitching over the fact that that guy spits poison mist now? I I don't really see what the problem is, but a lot of people have a problem with it. That was way longer than I meant to be, but that was block a and it wasn't even the good one um bracket b aired this morning and the four tournament matches they had were juice robinson getting the win over yujiro takahashi the tokyo pimp but he had his super hot bunny stripper so he's okay he'll be fine um yoshihashi versus sonata was actually a big deal there's a lot of backstory to that match. They were in the same tryout group for New Japan years ago. Sonata was only 17 when that happened, so it's been a long time. Anyway, neither one of them got in, but Yoshihashi tried and failed three more times and eventually got in when somebody dropped out, but Sonata took off and chose to ply his trade all over the rest of the world. And when he showed up in New Japan, Yoshihashi talked a lot of shit about, you just gave up and you left. You didn't show any loyalty to this company and, you know, you're a coward. And Sonata's response was basically, yeah, well, you're a loser. And so they really do not like each other for this perceived lack of loyalty. And they had a really, really good match. And it went back and forth. You Truly didn't know who was going to win. Sonata got the win on that one. Then you had the match everybody was salivating over, and that was Suzuki versus Shibata. And oh my god, you have to sit through this. This match is amazing. It's like somebody tweeted, it's watching the Geneva Conventions violated in real time. Um, But, I mean, it, it is absolutely glorious. Shibata got the absolute shit kicked out of him for almost all of it, and Suzuki had a little bit of help. Shibata got the win. I wasn't sure that they would do that. I was hoping they would. Well, I want Shibata to win everything, and I'm very openly biased about that, so that's what it is. Um, I had picked Shibata to win the whole cup, because this is kind of their last chance to do anything with him. He's 37, and he's not going to hold up very well for much longer with his current style. So you got to check that out. The main event was Ishii versus Omega. And if the previous match just, you know, was the greatest thing, this was even more so. This was a true main event. And Ishii beat Omega. That was unexpected because, oh, everybody just knew it was going to be Tanahashi versus Omega in the finals. 
Omega's going to win. He's going to challenge Okada. He's going to win that. And he's going to be the new face of the company for G1 in the summer. And Ghetto just went, <laughs> no. And that's pretty awesome. So the next round that's going to happen Monday and Tuesday, you're going to have Juice Robinson fighting Shibata. And let's face it, we should all be able to predict that one. Then we've got Ishii versus Sonata. And I don't know. You know, normally I'd have gone with Ishii, but wouldn't it be neat to have Evil versus Sonata in the cup finals? Because that's exactly what Naito said had to happen. He said, if I'm not in it, then it has to be Evil and Sonata in the finals, or this whole thing is worthless and no one will care about it. That would be fun. Mm. So the cup this year is actually really exciting. And if you're going to look up the matches, Tanahashi versus Evil from the first night, and then pretty much all four of the tournament matches from the second night. You can skip Juice and Yujiro if you want to. It's not a bad match. It's just not anything that you'll remember the next day. Awesome. Ah, I always feel like I've done something wrong by the time I finish. No, 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 no. We're like, just ah, we're ah. we're we're intently listening, and then we come back like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. No. No. Exactly. I mean, we 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 are intently listening, and then like you end on a note where it's like, oh, we're back. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't mind me. I'm I'm still fucking this owl. Let's take a trip to JT Land. All right, let me get it up on the Really? Game. He's half dead. <laughs> I'm not half dead. He, he, he just has to get it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's his turn to fuck the owl next. <laughs> Twenty bucks, little man, so I can pretend I have a voice. You want I'll me to? If you I'll, want me to do it, I'll do it for you. Man. No, I'll do it. I'll be. Right. I'll be. Like, Don't worry. I'll be all right. Just send me twenty in advance to see me at WrestleCon. You will shit your pants. <laughs> Berserker was underrated as fuck. I'll always remember the time Ronnie Bass brought the whip into Hooters, had Damien Demento and I laughing our heads off. For the right price, I would take a jackhammer. Pokemon, go fuck yourself. And these are all song titles this week. Chic songs. I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did, as long as you go fuck yourself. <laughs> Sugar pie, honey bun, go fuck yourself. Should I stay or should I go fuck myself? <laughs> You want me to do kayfabe noobs or if you feel like it, man? Like, <laughs> all right, hold on. Let me let me have some more jackfire. <laughs> That'll help. <sighs> Let's see here. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm looking. I'm looking at them now. Sorry. No, I know. I know. That's why the subtitle in the group document is uh, AKA, um, let's see. <laughs> WWE champions declared most realistic wrestling simulation ever. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania to be SmackDown exclusive pay per view. <laughs> it would be better. 
WWE has three three pay per views before WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> here's a good one. Goldberg wishes he had negotiated a salary instead of an hourly wage. <laughs> <laughs> That's all this week. All right. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Oh, shit, man. You know I'm not prepared for yeah, that. Yeah, you're good. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Noise has to it. He just, he just said, yeah, I was going to say, he just did the men extend dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Noise apparently has stuff. Yeah, uh, one of the big things that happened this week was Daniel Bryan teasing, coming out of retirement and killing himself in the ring in a year and a half. And then people just always love to joke about how Daniel Bryan is obviously trying to get himself fired with this shit he says on Talking Smack. I think if he was really trying to get fired, he'd say something like this. You know, I was watching TNA last week, and they have some really great non-sports entertainment wrestlers. It got me thinking about my favorite wrestler of all time, Chris Benoit, <laughs> and how I wished he could have res- and how I wish he could have wrestled Randy Savage in his prime. By Randy's prime, I mean right around the time he took Stephanie's virginity. <laughs> That's probably the most shocking story I've ever heard, second to only the story about how Owen fell to his death. Because the WWF failed to do proper safety inspection with the harness he was wearing. What a crock of shit. But not quite as big as crock of shit as Susan G. Komen and their fraud charity. (laughs) (laughs) When Daniel Bryan says that, that's when he's trying to get fired. Burn every bridge as you're running across it. Pretty much. With napalm. Yeah. (laughs) Was that? Uh, relic sold backwards is Chris Benoit. <laughs> 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 <sighs> ah, old TNA references. They never get old. Alternative facts. Stupid sexy Flanders. Kudos to AngryMarks.com, ShowerThoughtsShamus.com, Joe Never Said G Barkley.liar, BritCuntsNews.uk, Side Triple H's Penis.edu, MenExtend.Joe'sBrokenPenis.com, Noise, 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 Smoking Weed, Smoking Weed, Doing Coke, Drinking Beers.org, Here We Go, Yo, Dot, So What's the Dot Scenario, Joe's AJ Styles Fan Page.AngelFire.jp, KissOnline.com slash We Will Sell Anything, uh, Maven's block, Maven Fans Blocklist.Blocked.Blocked, Lay Chalet Sauce slash Canadian is fucked that sorry. Prepare thy anus.edu. Uh, taller bit little, excuse me, taller bit I little uh, wish I was I dot net dot com slash u, uh, dot USSR. Coaster needs more. continues. What's that? I said the streak continues. Yeah. I have a new streak. Coaster needs more beer dot go feed me dot com. Award winning Laura Moore movies dot straight to toilet. Fact Billy Corgan's eyes dot kickstarter dot UK daily. Is the Bullet Club going to debut soon thread? Which is even more relevant now. Piss on mavenfan.fl.gov. Uh, unnecessary Joe Kent Facebook status updates and birthday obsessions. Eating a sandwich. Fuck. JT's drunken.foot.com. Ain't gonna hurt nobody. If there's dancing, y'all. The news gets shorter each week because G gives less of a fuck accordingly. Apathy. I didn't bother with a whole week of it. Yep. This joke is getting old. Trump's America don't care. Kind of serious though. Just saying. Edu. Don't make JT get out the dot Kurt Angle intro. Poonslayerjt.farmersonly.com. Uh. Used anal spoon. Remember when we weren't blocked? Dot I remember. Used anal spoons. Dot biz. Joe fucked up. Dot live. Dot always. This section is longer than the news. Dot we are wasting time. Dot com. 
Joe cannot tip pizza delivery drivers He discount heat emporium cheapheat.com and spatula city spatula city spatula city. All your spatula needs. <laughs> Great for owl fucking. So there's not much news this week. I didn't. See That's much. cool. I think you just used the spatula to get the owl off when you're done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, you use the, you're not getting the owl off. You have to use the spatula to get the owl off. I got you. Why would it, no? I got the owl off all by myself. <laughs> he doesn't need the spatula. Oh, spatula. Actually, too late. So there really isn't any news in here except for this TNA shit um, yeah. and Chinetti porn. So, outside of those topics, what happened this week, guys? Because I didn't give a fuck. I don't think anybody did. I mean, we got stuff and things. Dan- it's probably the last week we should do the news. I think. <laughs> I got. I got. It felt I got, good not doing it, man. <clears throat> it felt real good. I got a. I got a gold phone. My phone. My phone is gold now. So that's, that's about the only thing most more. I think that's more important than any wrestling this week. So. <laughs> Sure. Uh, former cool. former former BWF guest Christopher Daniels is the ROH World Champion. Mm-hmm. Woo! Finn Balor returned at a house show in some crappy city somewhere. Yep, yep. <laughs> relevant. Don't don't forget I was there too. Yeah, and 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 Triple uh, Triple JT was there too. And uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. They had the uh, just a bunch of Impact Wrestling stuff, which. Uh, TNA or Impact or whatever the fuck they're calling themselves now they're threatening anyone that uses the Hardys gimmick with a lawsuit and it actually ended up with Dish Network cancelling the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. DirecTV and cable companies aired the pay-per-view. The Dish Network cancelled it because of a legal letter sent by TNA. Bullshit. 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 Sorry. (laughs) Rebby Hardy tweeted, Irony is uh, Matt's contract did not include exclusivity uh, or however you pronounce that, uh, could have legally appeared on any televised program while under the TNA contract. And also tweeted, A hey, Dish, you're the only cable provider who pussied out to TNA's threat. Do better by wrestling fans who support you and the talent. Yeah, the funny thing is, when I put that in here, I kind of forgot. He actually did appear on, I think it was just a pay-per-view, right, for Ring of Honor? Yeah, he did. Prior the... to the end of the contract. Did right. he ever actually appear on Ring of Honor TV? No, Prior but they were teasing that. a match with the Young Bucks yeah, which in his appearance. Sense, but... My big question is this, is, wait a minute, who does Ring of, who, who has more, does, does Ring of Honor have more viewers than Dish Network has subscribers? It's possible. Who knows? I couldn't tell you. I, yeah. John Cena I'm not got... sure if, if it matters that much. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like. Well, that, I didn't, like I said, I only, I put two seconds into this. Um, oh, yeah, I know. Re- Rebby's been apparently on Twitter over the weekend and possibly last week, uh, just losing her mind over, over this whole thing. And basically, long story short, TNA did the cease and desist thing. They're sending out these threatening emails claiming they own the rights to the character. Um, obviously, the Hardys are saying the opposite. Now that's pretty much the story. Nothing's been resolved. I checked out Angry Marks quickly. It says, wait till normal business hours. So we'll probably find out this week what's going on. I don't know. I, th- I, I think... want to know. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh. Uh, well, she said that, you know, oh, their contracts don't have exclusivity in them. But the question I would want to know was, 
whatever they signed originally, did it have one of those clauses about anything that they do or create while under contract belongs to the company? Because if that's true, it doesn't matter if they have exclusivity or not. And, you know, the Hardys are supposed to be pretty business savvy. I would imagine, you know, they would pay attention to stuff like that. But, you know, is there any way to interpret whatever contract they have that it was basically work for hire and not their intellectual property? Because if there's a case for that, then... Even if we don't like it, TNA might actually, or Impact might actually be in the right. Mm. Mm. We have to teach copyright in my classes a whole lot, and I just want to know that one thing. <laughs> even if Impact owns the rights to the broken gimmick, they don't own the rights to being a lunatic. Them, you know, Matt can go to any other promotion and still act the same. He just can't really say any. He, he can't use the word broken or something like that. It's kind of like when, uh, you know, Scott Hall went to WCW. It was heavily implied that he was, you know, being Razor for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I could, I could see Matt. But that's what the lawsuit that, was, though, was that you, he you was... known that I would come, but you have no idea why I have arrived. <laughs> yeah, they, they pushed that lawsuit, Joe was mentioning, too. Yeah. Um, with the, at the likeness, I think, was... That he, his, him I and Kevin Nash were acting like... Razor Ramon and Diesel. Right. Yeah, you had to drop the toothpick. Well, no, that that was the intent. Drop the toothpick pick and the accent and so forth. Obviously, he kept the toothpick. Yeah, I mean, I don't, was... I don't, you know, the big question is, does does TNA have the legal funds to pursue this? And you know, the copyright issue. I, I don't yeah, know. I, don't I mean, so. I don't know if this is patent, trademark, and or copyright. I know Borash well, was involved. Do they have funds? Period. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people were posting that yeah, all the talent you don't pay while you're off suing the Hardys over their gimmick are probably going to get really mad at you. And mm-hmm. there's definitely a point there. Mm-hmm. That's well, certainly certainly going to come down to the language of the contract. No, there's no, no doubt about that. No, what's what's Vince, Vince's opinion on it? Because you know he invented invented everything and copyrights everything. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sure he'll, he'll have a conference call with Gene Simmons, and I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. Just... I, 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 I don't. I mean, I guess that's that's actually an interesting side point you make, even though maybe not intentional. All the rumors of them possibly signing to the WWE uh, would, would 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 this have occurred as well, or oh. TNA would have just shrunk back into the corner and said, "Oh, we're fucked. We're not even going to fight this this, you know, demon." <laughs> exactly. If if Matt shows up on WWE television, because we don't know how long their ROH contracts are for, there's rumors that they could be back in WWE as early as April and uh, or, or late April anyway. And if Matt were to just show up on TV and just say, "Yes, delightful," like what's TNA gonna do about it? Oh shit! Let's sue WWE because they're using you know, or let's sue the Hardys and you know WWE is gonna be like. You're gonna do what now? Screw you! <laughs> you know, my watch, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> like, like there's, it's almost a useless fight. I mean, even just given the funds that TNA has, that you know, as as far as we can tell from public Ooh. reports of, god damn it, stop messaging me. <laughs> <laughs> That's G this time. <laughs> it was Mark the last time. Not G. Anyway. Ooh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Have, enough of that. Control. Anyway, 
Yeah. Uh, <coughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, the train hasn't showed up yet. Oh, uh, you yeah. muted it. See, see, you muted it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, given the the uh, the lack of funds that we can uh, that we assume that TNA or or Impact or whatever they're calling themselves this week, uh, given the the amount of money that we assume they have, I mean, the Hardys can probably fight this on their own. <laughs> if they well, want. I, I imagine that you know. TNA has like a, li- a little jar on top of the refrigerator <laughs> in corporate office. That has a petty bullshit fund. Yeah. <laughs> Delightful. This petty bullshit fund was out like prior. Was that saved prior to Anthem buying them? Because I mean, Anthem is Canadian, so that's got to be worth a few million dollars right there. Yeah. Well, Jeff Jarrett was, you know, known to dip into it for, uh, you know, his cash for gold scheme. <laughs> well, it was great, ain't, ain't it great? It was great. I am the TNA legend. <laughs> oh, poor Jeff Jarrett. His voice is so destroyed. <laughs> Did you see the latest botched spot comic? The latest botched spot, and it's Jeremy Borash and uh, 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 Josh Matthews, and they're arguing back and forth. And the Impact Owl's like, uh, you said you knew how to make Impact great. You said your word was as good as gold. And Jarrett goes, I said Global Force Gold, which actually, if you're interested. <laughs> and the Owl just face palms and goes, damn it, Jeff, I already told you no. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it's really simple. You, you buy this catalog and then, then you get points. Yeah. And then he gets points. And then the person you recruit gets points. And then uh. at some point, somebody gets a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't see like TNA actually winning this. I mean, regardless of you know what the contract was, because I don't think they have the funds to battle with anybody that's going to back the Hardys. Well, in this you got to think it... of PR because honestly, they're so badly thought of if they're thought of at all, yeah. which isn't a given, right? That. For appearances sake, sometimes even if you legally have the right, you just shouldn't. And this strikes me as one of those times. Absolutely. I think it also depends on how invested the uh, the actual owners of these wrestling companies are. Because it's not really the promotions. It's Sinclair versus uh, Anthem now. If mm-hmm. it goes all that way. And I don't know who has more money. I really don't. Like, Sinclair is an affiliate, but I don't know if they're purchasing the rights from Fox. I assume that's what they are, as opposed to... If they were under the Fox umbrella, then fucking Fox would crush Anthem. I don't think that's the case. I am pretty sure they're they're paying for the rights to broadcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, how many stations does Sinclair actually have right now? It's in the 20s to 30 range, right? But I, I thought Sinclair had, I read something about them not too long ago that said that they owned more, I don't remember how they labeled it, but that they owned more independent television stations or something like that in the entire United States than anyone else does. Whatever it is that they own, they own a lot of it. So somebody would have to look that up and clarify, because I know I'm leaving something out, but... 154 stations across the country. Okay. 
covering 30% of American households. And in their main paragraph, among the first thing that they list as an asset for the company is Ring of Honor. And then that's it, nothing else. Hmm. Among other properties, then that's it. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but 100, 156, um, that's quite a few. Yeah. At 165, I guess there's some sales that are pending. And, oh, okay, here we go. In 2014, the revenue was $1.97 billion. But then after expenses, uh, $212 million. And total assets, $5.45 billion. Huh, okay. I, I mean, I, I can look. I'll look up Anthem, but I, I, I'm going to be shocked if this Canadian uh, C-tier television network has more money. <laughs> let's see what I get. Um, yeah, I mean, I, but, but I mean, this is this is where it could go to. It could be this could be the battle versus fucking all. God damn it. Oh, they don't even have that shit listed, so they're probably not even public. There's, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't have a reference here. And like I said, I mean, the, the Hardys could drag this out. I mean, by the time this even gets to court, it's already March. We're here and the Hardys are, you know, their contract, rumor is, ends in April, and then they're heading to WWE. And, I mean... Does it end in April? Allegedly. If it ends in let's say if yeah. it ends in April because that's the that's rumor. That's all still speculation. It's all speculation. Yes, if if it's uh, if this is accurate, and they even if they right now don't have any intent of going to WWE, if they plan to go to New Japan or stay with Ring of Honor or whatever, if this lawsuit goes forward or or you know if they pursue a lawsuit based on these cease and desist claims, wouldn't it? it, it you know, it would behoove the Hardys to say, hey, you know, we're going to go back to WWE. Go ahead, sue us. <laughs> right? I mean, as long as they keep the rights to, uh, as Matt calls it, his broken brilliance in the WWE deal. I think the Hardys, on their own, could fight this and win. But we, you know, it's going to, you know, it would be nice for them to have somebody that can back them on top of it. Right. But I'm with Drow, I think, you know, bad PR move on TNA's part. Because people love the Broken Hardys. They didn't like the terms that you offered them, have publicly said this, and... Now they're taking their their ball and they're going elsewhere, and you're just being bitter about it and saying, "No, you can't do that." <laughs> you know? well, and they might also have been doing it as kind of a warning shot to who they are going to have that you know will sue the Hardys, even if it's ridiculous. You do something like that, and we'll sue you too. I mean, it could very much just be a warning to people who don't have what the Hardys have. Maybe. I mean... Either I, way, it's dumb, but yeah. still. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I don't know. You know, the whole the whole story uh, can be summed up with, uh, fuck that owl. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Yeah. 
Get it off with a spatula. <laughs> That's just lazy. Seriously. <laughs> uh, John Cena apparently got covered in slime at the Kids' Choice Awards. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. Shocker. What else Did is he new? Say Did he say I don't know? <laughs> you got me. My kid watched that. I didn't. I was watching a movie, if you could believe that. <laughs> Somewhere in the background you heard, he's got a, he's got a pew. <laughs> yeah. Marty Jannetty, speaking of puking, has been offered $150,000 to film three adult films. Oh, God. What? <laughs> yeah. He, he, uh, he apparently posted this on Facebook or tweeted about it or something. Saying that uh, he he didn't he didn't name who the company is, but they offered him one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to do three adult films, and he was asking his Facebook followers or Twitter followers or whatever he was asking them, should should I do this? It worked so well for Sonny. I I mean, uh, the last time I saw Marty Janetti, he wasn't in great shape. <laughs> Then again, it depends. You can technically do porn and not actually have sex in the film. You could just appear and be like in one of the like background guy. Or this is true. Just do and that you know you don't necessarily just because it's you're getting offered to be in porn doesn't mean you're you're fucking somebody on camera. They, yeah, they, they offer the opportunity to run a boom mic. Yeah. <laughs> was in the back, like shots of some porn movie back in the day. Yep. Hell, you're a fucking president and it's into like porns. It's got like those urine tapes, right? So, <laughs> so I, I'm just hoping, I really hope he signs with a particular company, though, if he does do this, just so they can use the line right through the pop up window of the browser's shop. <laughs> That's just me. Um, because that would be awesome. <laughs> and that needs to happen. I I, I I saw this as well. That's why I put it in the notes. He yeah. said something about his family, but he was worried if his family saw it, what they would think. And it's like, well, well he... you know, they're probably already aware of like, drug abuse problems. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to take a cheap shot here. I'm just saying, like... This is what he said, I think, was, was something along the lines of, like... Should I be, like, I'm kind of worried about what my family thinks, but if they see me in them, then what's, a, you know, what does that say about them? You know, or something like that. Like, you're watching them. <laughs> Ooh, uh, it says they're human beings and they're horny. It's all good. <laughs> horny horned owl. Anyway, that's our porn section. <laughs> Stock talk, eh? Yeah. I got uh, I got some news from uh, from Relic is Killer on Reddit, uh, and they uh, uh, this is from Meltzer on Wrestling on Wrestling Observer, uh, and this is about the new Impact contracts. Uh, his sources tell him that they are on some kind of paper, maybe white, but he can't confirm. <laughs> cocktail napkin. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. Hell, cocktail. What about toilet? I think you're more on toilet paper. You're probably right about that. <laughs> it was written on the back of a Denny's placemat. <laughs> <laughs> so sitting in a section the other day at uh, at the house show in Buffalo, and uh, they did a match: Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Show yourself, or now all the kids around, all the little kids around me, they're they're cheering for Roman Reigns, right? So 
You know, there's this one kid's just sitting there and he's he's sitting right in front of me and Brian and he's staring at us the whole time because we're kind of just making fun of Roman Reigns. And uh, this kid behind us goes, let's go, Roman. And I was like, yeah, this kid's got it right. Let's go, Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the match ends with uh, Strowman hits Reigns on the outside of the ring with the steel steps and ends in a disqualification. And I'm sitting there and I said, I said, you know, that, that's a ridiculous call. Braun was just trying to move the stairs. It's not his fault Roman ran into him. <laughs> Would you stop? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, these these kids were uh, <laughs> not liking us, I don't think, because we were just like, yeah, no, let's go, you know, let's go Braun. <laughs> Strowman sucks. Yeah, th- these kids are old school, and they don't really like that you're hip to the business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this... We're 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 uh, we're leaving the building. We're walking back towards the car, and this lady walks by us, and I hear her say, "Man, I can't believe John Cena didn't show up." I looked at Brian. I said, "You don't. This lady can't believe that a SmackDown superstar didn't show up for a Raw house show. <laughs> like, don't you watch? Like, like, these are all Raw wrestlers on this show. John Cena's on the other show. He wouldn't be at this show even if he did do house shows these days." <laughs> They they've had some of their their guys show up for dark matches for TV events though. Yeah. I I I don't know how that brand exclusivity ones, but I mean I guess you can't go into that like expecting any of those guys to show up. Right. I was so uh, I got a question for you since we're killing time anyway. Sure. It's relevant. Why why and how? Would you make effective use of Balor if you actually were going to bother bringing him back for WrestleMania at this point? The one thing... Remember, I... he's com- remember what he's coming back from, too. He just fucking had to forfeit the goddamn heavyweight title. How, if you were to bring him back, how would you actually like make him not look like a jobber because he's not going for that title? Triple you, H. Are you Kevin Owens him, or what are you going to do? No, 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 no. Here, think back to WCW, the part that was actually not horrendous, and there were a few. Remember... Really? When yeah, shocking, I know. And I'm sober, I swear. But <laughs> okay, so you remember when NWO recruited DDP and he turned him down? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, he turned him down because they didn't ask him first. Okay, whatever. But when he turned them down and basically feuded with them and led the charge against them, he got super over. He yes. was just unbelievably over. So if they go back to Hunter putting together his boys and he's got Joe, he's got Kevin Owens and he's made it plain for the whole time they've had him that Finn Balor is his boy. So what if Finn will not join them? Hmm. I think we need that storyline before Mania though. Cause I mean, all these, all these matches are announced in place. Like the faction thing, I know what you're talking about. I'm just curious again. Is, it, is there a well, usefulness? I, I think there's like 15 matches. This is this something. is the one thing though is that we we have not, you know, we know Seth Rollins is going to be at WrestleMania. We have not confirmed that he's going to be wrestling on WrestleMania. That he's going to be cleared by that. We don't know this. It hasn't been established that yes, this match is going to happen. Uh, Triple H cut a promo on Raw. 
Triple H cut a promo on Raw, and he was talking about the, the great medical staff that WWE has and how they the take care of the form. superstars. Yeah, it just happened to be that they were in Chicago, right? <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so we have this great medical staff, so now you've got this injured guy coming back. So maybe my thought is if you're bringing Finn back before WrestleMania, this could be how you would do it and have him, like... Yeah, your medical staff's so great. That's why I've been out since August and blah, 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 or whatever. I don't know. Some bullshit like that. It would be I bullshit. Know. Yeah. <laughs> right, no, I know, but... Yeah, I mean... I, I, I've heard that theory. I've also heard the theory about, like, doing a tag match, and, like, that way both guys don't have to work as much. But, I mean, if Ballard... Ballard did he have a lot of uh, ring time in your Buffalo house show? Yeah, I mean, he was in there for a little bit. You say he looks like he's probably healthy, huh? He looks good. Okay. Yeah, he looked good. He I, hit a I, I, hit I'm a few a sling real blades. Time with with this Seth being possibly injured thing that's being bantered around, and I'm not saying it's not possible. It is totally. If I'm wrong on this, I'm wrong with it. That's fine. Um, I just don't think they'd go full on with the with the storyline. I, I just don't, can't see the company even going through with it. I think it's all all, all part of the work. Yeah, I mean, I. Maybe I'm a cynic. Okay. I, I, I mean, clearly, I don't know. This is that's just, you know, the thought I had going into it, and I, you know, I haven't read anybody's uh, anybody else's, you know, opinions of what they think. But I, you know, it's like, well, you know, maybe. I mean, you know, they didn't make any secret about it that Finn came back on Friday night and that he wrestled his first match since SummerSlam. They put it on WWE.com. It was all over their social media. It was all over his social media. So it's not like people don't know Finn Balor came back on Friday night and wrestled. So, I mean, and he did get he did get some time. It wasn't like, you know, he stood on the apron the entire match and then just came in and did a spot or two. He was in there, you know. They, uh, in fact, WWE.com has a video of him getting the uh, getting tagged in the match for the first time, and beating down Samoa Joe, and you know, getting Kevin Owens out of the ring, and you know, reversing a pedigree and shit like this, and uh, you know, just basically getting his moves in. The only thing that he didn't do uh, was the coup de gras, because because uh, Jericho was the one that wound up getting the win. Okay. So yeah, Finn Balor's fine. He's ready to go. Just uh, I mean, like the house show thing is just like okay, let's knock off some ring rust. That's why Triple H is there. That's why Brock Lesnar yeah. fought the Big yeah. Show. <laughs> that I mean that and that that's a real valid explanation of why he could just wrestle for a couple of weeks. And and it doesn't hurt their uh, house show business at all to have him there. No, and, and or you... advertise it for that matter. You know, putting it on the website like that's. That's all, that's gonna sell tickets. So they certainly, yeah, and they, they were advertising Finn Balor, but then they were acting like, "Oh, big surprise! Finn Balor came back!" Like that that wasn't a surprise. You were at, you advertised this. <laughs> you know? Well, but to the Buffalo market, I mean, this this again goes to the every other house show True. that they do. You're, you're correct. Regardless if he comes back tomorrow, which is possible, and I'm not gonna say that faction thing can't happen because they have planted those seeds. I just don't we, feel there's a lot of value to about... it for WrestleMania this this short. I don't think. I don't. I don't well, think. In and of it... Go ahead. In and of itself, it probably doesn't, but it kind of depends on what they do with everybody else. Because if you've established that, all right, 
Triple H has put together this group of guys. And, you know, we don't know necessarily what they're going to do. We, we might know what their matches are. We don't know what they're going to do. And WrestleMania would not need to be the end point of anything if it's simply the moment, because we keep hearing about it, the moments. Right. Yeah, that this is where Balor completely separates himself from them that he's not going to be part of that, that he is in fact going to lead resistance against that in whatever form that is, you know, it's, it's the use of a WrestleMania moment as a starting point for something. So if you did it like that, it's not necessarily, Oh, let's rush to get this in by mania. It's using that to launch it. Absolutely. That that's more what makes sense to me. To have this actually go down at Mania. I mean, Triple H. Probably, honestly, I, I I wouldn't. I would kind of expect him to win his match and have interference by it with guys like Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe have a WrestleMania program officially. He doesn't, right? He's no. still up in the air. Uh, but as far as I know, he's up in the air. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I don't he's think in a match. Thing, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, I don't. If they, if Joe is on, I could still see him. Whoever he faces, I can see him beating. And I see Kevin of Owens course. crushing Jericho. And then having them run in and fucking beat the living shit out of Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, then, then he has a reason to recruit a guy like Finn Balor. And like you're, like the, the storyline that you're suggesting would make a hell of a lot of sense. It yeah. starts at WrestleMania and moves forward. And that would actually be kind of cool, something like that. And if, if I just nailed it and predicted another one, I don't fucking care. If I'm wrong, I don't fucking care either. But <laughs> there's, but because that actually would be an interesting storyline. There's a precedent for this too, where where a storyline starts at, with a WrestleMania moment. Think of WrestleMania 17, Stone Cold Steve Austin turning heel and joining Vince McMahon, and that you know went on yep. to be a thing where Steve Austin was playing songs in the back and singing. <laughs> who who else would be like a potential? force against uh, Triple H's faction. I mean, if we go back to the well and they do Samoa Joe, Sami Zayn again, then I guess Zayn would be a candidate and probably kind of makes sense. He's an underdog, right? Yeah. It gives them a reason to bring Nakamura up because he and Finn are super buddies. Introduce him as part of the group and then he can move into his solo thing after. Who else would be on Triple H's side then? I mean, we can assume Owens and Joe are, are... obviously likely because of their storyline mm-hmm. would it be three versus three would Nakamura fit in there or not to replace Zane I don't know it's not like they've done him any favors anyway I'm not trying well, to be it just negative, seems like you could <laughs> kill two birds with one stone that way because the big question has been if you didn't know Nakamura from New Japan and you don't watch NXT, how do you bring him in and introduce him to people? You establish Finn in that kind of role and then have him bring in his buddies. And yeah. then, oh, okay, he's Finn's buddy. He's cool. We like him. Then they see what he does and they like him for himself and then he can do his own thing later. Yeah. And you got to have Michael Cole get really excited. Yeah. Could it be? Oh, my God. <laughs> just as excited as he was when Roman Reigns was number 30 in the Royal Rumble. Oh my God, it's the big dog. 
<laughs> See that reaction video I posted the other day? All these different reactions <laughs> of him coming up. It's like, yep, that's that's my living room. <laughs> Almost you every pay per view. There are moments where they legitimately don't tell him things. Because. <laughs> I, I kind of like that idea that it's like, okay, don't let Cole see the script or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I have a feeling they, they forgot to tell him he's not part of the SmackDown crew when they had him on camera during Talking Smack, but <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there because I did watch I did watch that after I heard about it. I only um, watched the Miz segment, so I didn't see it. <laughs> there was a bit where, uh, uh, what's his face? How did I forget? It, your favorite, AJ Styles, yeah. uh, confronts uh, basically, essentially the whole backstage crew, but it's more or less going after Shane. But there is like a number of of the press and the personnel, were, including Michael Cole, for some fucking reason, was in in the scene. <laughs> so I, I mean, it's just subtle, but uh, there is memes made about it, and they made me laugh, and that's important. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, 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 I mean that we, we knew that storyline was happening, but that was yeah. that was the two big points of, of talking smack that and of course the Miz and and you guys alluded to and talked about it with the Daniel Bryan thing earlier. Right. Um you dropped that line and they're not letting me work and then wait a year and a half, so on so on. But <laughs> I watched a little bit of SmackDown and I, it was one of those things that after the fact I heard I'm like, Oh, okay, I wanna I wanna see how this main event goes down and it was okay. I saw most of SmackDown except for the main event, but you knew how the main event was going to end, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't. I I was expecting maybe it would. I'd see more of this sort of screw job thing. I didn't really. Yeah, I was a little disappointed, but whatever. That's why you put shit on in the background and, <laughs> and not pay too much attention to it. You only get partially disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny, though, because, like, speaking of, of the Internet and things like that, um, it inspired a couple good things. I like these one a lot. I am literally so stupid, I think talking smack is unscripted or a shoot. Ask me anything. <laughs> and after the main, uh, the pay-per-view had some good outrage this week. This one, I thought, summed it up well. I complained that nothing happens on a B-level pay-per-view, but fuck WWE for making things happen at a B-level pay-per-view and not at Mania. Does anyone else, Braun and Charlotte, were buried that Lord Steen deserved better and the best smiley face universal champion of all time and losing to a part-time champ like Oldberg? Ha ha ha, Oldberg. <laughs> and that, that reminds me of the other meme I saw, which fucking I don't really want to rant about, but I thought was retardedly misguided, was people making fun of, of the, the title change on Ring of Honor compared to the title change on Raw. Oh yeah, and I saw that. An old man. You guys saw the one I'm talking. Probably bald old man, yeah. Who is this bald old man, and why is he champion? Whatever, you know. That was the sentiment. Yeah, basically. Like, well, well, this is a guy who's amazingly still technically capable of putting on an amazing match. This is another guy who wrestles ninety seconds. Not only that, I mean, Daniels has been wrestling for the last eighteen years or so. Goldberg just shows up out of the blue because of a video game after 12 years gone. Mm-hmm. Shit talking the company. <laughs> you know, like... It's kind of, yeah. It's, I, I I had to not get involved in typing and getting into wars with people. Yeah, exactly. But I saw that and I was just 
as much as much as I haven't really been keeping up with some of the products, it was one of those things where like, oh, that's cool. That, I thought that was a really cool moment, and I was happy. Just like you talked a little bit about earlier, I heard a bit of the interview, and then when I was moving stuff and fucking owls and stuff, <laughs> I thought it was really neat. I thought that was something that could really look back at the year and say, hey, you know, what could happen in wrestling this year? And they finally got an opportunity to see this guy with the title and the company that's not TNA for first time in a very long time. Yeah. Hell, it was a fucking long time ago he had a title on TNA, for fuck's sakes. That's like 2008 type of... Type of uh, wow, that's a long time, like nine years, almost a decade. So, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, now that he's done that, and yeah, I've always wanted to see that happen for him, but now that he's done it, if he decides that he's not going to wrestle anymore, I want Christopher Daniels to play Spider Jerusalem in a movie or a TV series because <laughs> he's perfect. And if you've never read Transmetropolitan, go seek it out, and it's awesome. And that man is Spider Jerusalem just all the way. And now that he has won what is long ago rightfully his, I wonder if he would ever do that. It may be just me, but I don't care because it would rule. Okay, yeah, I just looked this guy up. I see he does look, he looks the part. <laughs> He's got to get the multicolored glasses, but that's easy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And well, when you, when you actually have segments of the comic and you see, you know, what he says and how he thinks, you're like, oh, yeah, Daniels could do this. Yeah, I've never heard of this character, but... Oh, you, you must read it. It's fantastic. It's one of my most favorite ones. They've uh, You can get it in tradeback. I don't know if you can view it online, but Transmetropolitan is what it's called, and Spider-Jerusalem is this crazy gonzo journalist in the Hunter S. Thompson kind of mold in an undefined future, and... Um, I guess uh, ends up taking down a president, among other things. So uh, it's kind of neat. Yeah, this looks, this looks cool. It's like steampunk. A little bit. Um, I wouldn't call it straight steampunk, but it's that nebulous, very tech-heavy future that kind of looks like it could be any moment now, but clearly isn't. Oh yeah, it's it's totally available at the Comicsology online. This is under the uh, the DC Comic umbrella. So, or they <laughs> bought the rights to it with Vertigo and Helix and whatnot. Definitely available yeah. online. I could, like legitimately, okay. like non stealable. You could steal it though. But <laughs> that that would be wrong. Well, totally check it out because it's amazing. And well, the idea that he beats a guy halfway to death with the busted off leg of a chair and then stands over him and go listen to the chair leg of truth for it is wise and terrible and I'm just like yes. <laughs> I have a chair leg of truth I had a student who was good at woodworking make me one I've got this bloody chair leg in the corner of my computer room nice. don't judge me but <laughs> <laughs> nice. yay literacy yeah 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 all right. What do you say we get out of here? I play video games wearing a luchador mask. <laughs> We've all got priorities, man. Yes. 
Priorities. Priorities. Indeed. Ah oh, man, hold on. Let me get that out. <laughs> is that fourteen on this thing? I... Where is it? Nope. Hold on. Indeed. There it is. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. Okay. Well, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. I'm at Think So Joe for at Mark underscore Noise at El Generico at Random Redhead at Book Junkie Jaina at G of the Internet. We are at Board Wrestling Fan. That's Board Wrestling Fan without vowels. Facebook.com slash Board Wrestling Fan. You can listen to this podcast every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern live on BoardWrestlingFan.com or download us at iTunes, Stitcher, CheapHeat, Blueberry.com, PodDirectory.com. And don't forget to check out Michael Kingston's Kickstarter, Headlocked Comic. Make a donation. Make that thing happen. We'll see you next week. Indeed. Who, who, 